Section seventeen of New Arabian Nights by Robert Louis Stevenson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. The Pavilion on the Links. Chapter nine. Tells how Northmore carried out his threat. I should have the greatest difficulty to tell you what followed next after this tragic circumstance it is all to me as i look back upon it mixed strenuous and ineffectual like the struggles of a sleeper in a nightmare clara i remembered uttered a broken sigh and would have fallen forward to earth had not northmore and i supported her insensible body i do not think we were attacked i do not remember even to have seen an assailant and i believe we deserted mr huddlestone without a glance i only remember running like a man in a panic now carrying clara altogether in my own arms now sharing her weight with northmore now scuffling confusedly for the possession of that dear burden why we should have made for my camp in the hemlock den or how we reached it are points lost for ever to my recollection the first moment at which i became definitely sure clara had been suffered to fall against the outside of my little tent northmore and i were tumbling together on the ground and he with contained ferocity was striking for my head with the butt of his revolver he had already twice wounded me on the scalp and it is to the consequent loss of blood that i am tempted to attribute the sudden clearness of my mind i caught him by the wrist northmore i remember saying you can kill me afterwards let us first attend to clara he was at that moment uppermost scarcely had the words passed my lips when he had leaped to his feet and ran towards the tent and the next moment he was straining clara to his heart and covering her unconscious hands and face with his caresses shame i cried shame to you northmore and giddy though i still was i struck him repeatedly upon the head and shoulders he relinquished his grasp and faced me in the broken moonlight i had you under and i let you go said he and now you strike me coward you are the coward i retorted did she wish your kisses while she was still sensible of what she wanted not she and now she may be dying and you waste this precious time and abuse her helplessness stand aside and let me help her he confronted me for a moment white and menacing then suddenly he stepped aside help her then said he i threw myself on my knees beside her and loosened as well as i was able her dress and corset but while i was thus engaged a grasp descended on my shoulder keep your hands of her said northmore fiercely do you think i have no blood in my veins northmore i cried if you will neither help her yourself nor let me do so do you know that i shall have to kill you that is better he cried let her die also where's the harm step aside from that girl and stand up to fight you will observe said i half rising that i have not kissed her yet i dare you to he cried i do not know what possessed me it was one of the things i am most ashamed of in my life though as my wife used to say i knew that my kisses would be always welcome were she dead or living down i fell again upon my knees parted the hair from her forehead and with the dearest respect laid my lips for a moment on that cold brow it was such a caress as a father might have given it was such a one as was not unbecoming from a man soon to die to a woman already dead and now said i i am at your service mr northmore but i saw to my surprise that he had turned his back upon me 
do you hear i asked yes said he i do if you wish to fight i am ready if not go on and save clara all is one to me i did not wait to be twice bidden but stooping again over clara continued my efforts to revive her she still lay white and lifeless i began to fear that her sweet spirit had indeed fled beyond recall and horror and a sense of utter desolation seized upon my heart i called her by name with the most endearing inflections i chafed and beat her hands now i laid her head low now supported it against my knee but all seemed to be in vain and the lids still lay heavy on her eyes northmour i said there is my hat for god's sake bring some water from the spring almost in a moment he was by my side with the water i have brought it in my own he said you do not grudge me the privilege northmour i was beginning to say as i laved her head and breast but he interrupted me savagely oh you hush up he said the best thing you can do is to say nothing i had certainly no desire to talk my mind being swallowed up in concern for my dear love and her condition so i continued in silence to do my best towards her recovery and when the hat was empty returned it to him with one word more he had perhaps gone several times upon this errand when clara reopened her eyes now said he since she is better you can spare me can you not i wish you a good night mr cassilis and with that he was gone among the thicket i made a fire for i had now no fear of the italians who had even spared all the little possessions left in my encampment and broken as she was by the excitement and the hideous catastrophe of the evening i managed in one way or another by persuasion encouragement warmth and such simple remedies as i could lay my hand on to bring her back to some composure of mind and strength of body day had already come when a sharp hist sounded from the thicket i started from the ground but the voice of northmour was heard adding in the most tranquil tones come here cassilis and alone i want to show you something i consulted clara with my eyes and receiving her tacit permission left her alone and clambered out of the den at some distance off i saw northmour leaning against an elder and as soon as he perceived me he began walking seaward i had almost overtaken him as he reached the outskirts of the wood look said he pausing a couple of steps more brought me out of the foliage the light of the morning lay cold and clear over that well-known scene the pavilion was but a blackened wreck the roof had fallen in one of the gables had fallen out and far and near the face of the lynx was cicatrized with little patches of burnt furs thick smoke still went straight upwards in the windless air of the morning and a great pile of ardent cinders filled the bare walls of the house like coals in an open grate close by the islet a schooner yacht lay too and a well-manned boat was pulling vigorously for the shore the red earl i cried the red earl twelve hours too late feel in your pocket frank are you armed asked northmour i obeyed him and i think it must have become deadly pale my revolver had been taken from me you see i have you in my power he continued i disarmed you last night while you were nursing clara but this morning here take your pistol no thanks he cried holding up his hand i do not like them that is the only way you can annoy me now he began to walk forward across the links to meet the boat and i followed a step or two behind in front of the pavilion i paused to see where mr huddlestone had fallen but there was no sign of him nor so much as a trace of blood raid and flow said northmour he continued to advance till we had come to the head of the beach 
no farther please said he would you like to take her to graden house thank you replied i i shall try to get her to the ministers at graden wester the prow of the boat here grated on the beach and a sailor jumped ashore with a line in his hand wait a minute lads cried northmour and then lower and to my private ear you had better say nothing of all this to her he added on the contrary i broke out she shall know everything that i can tell you do not understand he returned with an air of great dignity it will be nothing to her she expects it of me good-bye he added with a nod i offered him my hand excuse me said he it's small i know but i can't push things quite so far as that i don't wish any sentimental business to sit by your hearth a white-haired wanderer and all that quite the contrary i hope to god i shall never again clap eyes on either one of you well god bless you northmour i said heartily oh yes he returned he walked down the beach and the man who was ashore gave him an arm on board and then shoved off and leaped into the bows himself northmour took the tiller the boat rose to the waves and the oars between the tholepins sounded crisp and measured in the morning air they were not yet halfway to the red earl and i was still watching their progress when the sun rose out of the sea one word more and my story is done years after northmour was killed fighting under the colours of garibaldi for the liberation of the tyrol end of section seventeen read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com